All right, anybody else totally stressed out by that video? I mean, just having watched it. I try not to watch it, but just even the sound uh, raises my stress and anxiety levels. I, I can't do it. If, if, my, if my Christmas lights look like that, I think I would just take them, throw them in the trash, grab my keys, and go and buy new ones. And so I was, I was kind of shocked this last week to learn that there are actually people who enjoy untangling Christmas lights. It's kind of cathartic for them. And so be brave. This is a safe place. Is there anybody in here that enjoys untangling Christmas lights? I see a very happy hand wave. And so if you have tangled up Christmas lights, look around because these are the people that you want to take them to. Now, if you enjoy doing this, uh, then there is a supermarket in the UK that may have a job for you uh, if you're willing to make the commute. Every year around Christmas time, Tesco hires a seasonal employee whose job title is simply Christmas light untangler. And so for 36 hours a week, they sit in a little booth, and as customers come in to shop, they can bring their tangled up Christmas lights, give them to this person who will work to untangle them while they're doing all of their shopping. And by the time they check out, they go back by the booth, and they get their lights back all nice and organized and wrapped up and clean, just as a way of kind of easing some of the stress of the holiday season. And some of you are thinking, that sounds like a horrible job. (laughs) And some of you are like, I think I would love to get paid to do something like that. You're probably the same people that like pineapple on your pizza. But um, anyway, that was a callback to last week, sorry. (laughs) Lights aren't the only thing that get tangled up this time of year. With all the events and activities and Christmas performance and parties to go to, Our schedules and our calendars can get all discombobulated. Uh, The to-do list, everything that we have to do around this time of year, presents to buy, uh, things to sort out, family gatherings to figure out, presents to wrap, trying to figure out what do we need to bring to what party, what food, what gifts, what else, who's hosting what. All of these things can add up to just kind of make this season tangled There are relational dynamics at play this time of year. Everyone brings in different expectations and traditions, and especially as your family begins to grow, those can become harder and harder to manage, and and it can create some relational strife within families. Maybe you're living in that right now. The Christmas season has a way of getting tangled up in all of these things, sometimes to the point, as our kids just taught us, sometimes to the point where it's very easy to get distracted about what matters most. And so for the next few weeks, we want to help you untangle Christmas. We want to help you set your heart and your mind on the love and the hope and the joy and the peace that Jesus ushered in at this time of year. And today we want to briefly look at the first thing that Jesus brings, and that is love. And so if you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to our text, 1 John chapter 9, or chapter 4, excuse me, verse 9 and 10. 1 John, uh, we have pew Bibles there in front of you. If you're turning to it with us, there's the Gospel of John. And then if you go a little bit further back, you start getting to the letters of John. And so we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. We live in a world that is a little confused 
about love. Most people think that love is a feeling, that, that if you get these warm fuzzies, then it must be love. And if not, then just follow your heart and keep following your heart until you feel that love for something or for someone. Even though most of us have lived long enough, and you don't have to live for very long, before you, you realize that our feelings are rather fickle, and they lie to us often. But we chase those feelings, trying to feel love. A lot of people confuse love with lust, that it must be this constant state of desire and passion. And if that goes away, then maybe it's not true love. Or, or if you start feeling that desire and that passion for someone else, then maybe that's the person that you're supposed to be with. All of this confusion around love that we have can trickle into our relationship with God, too. I think at some point in life, all of us come to this point, whether, whether we've been followers of Jesus or, or, or not even sure what we believe about any of this, we come to this point in our life where we wonder, does God really love me? Is there a God who could really love me? And the truth is, you can believe in God and you can go to church. I think I just heard a yes back there in the back to which I say, preach, girl, amen, yes. <laughs> and you can go to church and you can have a basic or a full understanding of God's love, but there will still be times in your life when that love will be tested by the trials of life. You lose someone you love. A child walks away from faith. A job gets cut. The diagnosis comes back positive. And it's in these moments in life when we truly wrestle with that question, God, do you really love me? And if you do, then why is this happening? Because I'll tell you, this, this does not feel like love. And we get so tangled up in our emotions around these things that we forget all of the ways that God has already demonstrated his love for us. And in our text today, the Apostle John writes words that help us untangle God's love and understand it more clearly. And he does this by pointing back to the Christmas story. Look at it with me. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. He writes, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Jesus, God in flesh, came into this world to show us exactly how much God loves us and what that love truly looked like. You see, love is so much more than just an emotion. Love is an action, and love is most clearly seen in action. And so the reason that we know that God loves us is not just because we, we feel it, because sometimes we won't. It's, it's not just because he told us. The reason we know that God loves us is because he did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. God showed you the fullness of his love by sending Jesus. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. 
It's the moment when God gave us the greatest gift the world had ever known. The gift of his son was a gift of love. It's a gift so beautiful that it caused the Apostle Paul to proclaim, praise be to God for his indescribable gift. And why is this gift so great? Well, the angels proclaimed it to us just a few moments ago. In our text, John says that Jesus was an atoning sacrifice for our sin. The heart of the Christian faith is that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And all of us have things in our life that separate us from this holy, perfect God. All of us, myself included, we have habits we cannot break. We have thoughts and emotions that we cannot get rid of. We have fears that we cannot overcome. We have regrets of which we cannot let go. We have said things that we cannot take back and sometimes those things just replay in our minds over and over and over. All of us have sin in our life that separate us from God. But God loves us so much that throughout history, he has made a way for us to be in a right relationship with him. In the Old Testament, priests would perform sacrifices that would atone for the sins of the people. That, that word atone means to cover up. And so those sacrifices would cover up momentarily the sins of the people so that they could be at peace with God again for a little while. But the good news of the Christmas story is that God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, his son to, to deal with our sin once and for all on the cross. And when we put our faith in Jesus and his atoning sacrifice, our sin is not just covered up momentarily. It is once and for all and completely removed for, from us. We have been freed from it by the goodness and the grace of God. And for those of us who sometimes feel so tangled up by our emotions and by our circumstances that make us question, God, do you really love me? Paul removes all doubt when he says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That while we deserved it the least, God showed us his love the clearest. And so love is more than an emotion. It is an action and the reason that you can know that God loves you is not just because of something that he said. It is because of something that he did for you. See, there is nothing, nothing that you can do on your own to earn God's love. You cannot be good enough. You cannot work hard enough. The only thing that you can do is the same thing you get to do on Christmas morning. You receive the gift and you unwrap it. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what you came in here carrying. I don't know what you believe or what you are feeling. I don't know the questions that you have about God's love for you and all the ways your heart and your mind are tangled up around those things this season. All I know is that at its core, the Christmas account is the greatest love story ever told. It's almighty God coming down into this crazy world as a fragile baby. God becoming innocent and vulnerable, becoming someone that could be and would be hurt by us and for us. 
And why would God do this? It's because he loves you. It's because he desires you. And as we close out this morning, we want to give you a moment to reflect on that love and respond to it. So we have some stations uh, all around the worship center, a few up front here, some in the back, some up in the balconies. And there's communion trays on there. We invite you to come here in a moment. Quentin's going to play softly. And just partake in communion and remember the fullness of God's love that was shown to you on the cross as Jesus gave himself willingly for you as an act of love so that you can be forgiven and set back in a right relationship with the Father. And if giving is a part of your worship, we've got boxes up there. You can can drop your offering in those boxes. Or if you need someone to pray with you, to pray for you, if you want to talk to somebody about maybe embracing that love of God for the first time, We'll have some people scattered throughout the back and around and up here with lanyards on that would love, love to talk to you about that this morning. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll spend some time reflecting, partaking in communion, and rejoicing in the love of our Father. God, thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for the reminder that our kids uh, so beautifully shared with us of what this time of year is all about, and it comes down to Jesus the arrival of love for us. Thank you for showing us the fullness of your love in him. And Lord, I pray that however our minds and our hearts and whatever they're tangled up in right now that that keep us from seeing or experiencing that love clearly, God, would you please untangle that for us so that we can know, we can truly know how loved we are by you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org/messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.